Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. The whole idea, or not the whole idea, the whole issue, I should say, because it is very much a real issue of crime and violence and thuggery in Dublin city centre. It's been well discussed in recent weeks. There was a meeting of many businesses yesterday with the Gardaí to talk about ways to deal with it. There was another meeting today, specifically with the Temple Bar business owners. And Stephen was at that meeting because, Stephen, you own a cafe in the area. What was the outcome of today's meeting? Hi, Andrea. Good to talk to you again. Mm. Uh, we had a very constructive meeting um, with Pier Street and also with Dublin City Council today. And just to say, this meeting had been scheduled uh, by Pier Street uh, before that very unfortunate attack on the American tourist. Um, so they are working very proactively and very constructively um, with the business community and also resident organisations on Aston Key and in Temple Bar. And re- we really welcome that engagement like we're very clear that there's no solution without the cards and equally there's no solution without Dublin City Council taking a very proactive role in terms of regenerating and improving the city centre and really giving it back to the people of Dublin. Uh, since I was last talking to you, Andrea, um, a group of uh, businesses and three resident organisations have formally come together and we've agreed to work collectively on the single issue of calling for lasting solutions to the very serious issue of open drug dealing and street crime on Aston Key and in Temple Bar. Um, that particular group is called the Aston Key and Temple Bar Business and Residence Alliance, and we're representing 25 businesses at the moment and three resident organisations. So a total clampdown on open drug dealing. Well, really, what we're looking for is a, well, really, what we're looking for is a, is, a, is a tougher stance on drug dealing and drug using in the city centre. Like we are concerned that a baseline level of drug dealing and drug use is being tolerated in the area, and we're asking for a much tougher stance uh, on that. Look, we're realistic. Um, you know, the city centre is never going to be perfect. There are always going to be issues, but I think when the issue of open drug dealing is so pervasive, is so visible, is so prominent, Um, you know, something absolutely has to be done Mm. about that. Um, I don't know, were you at the meeting yesterday, Stephen? At yesterday's meeting as well? No, 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 I wasn't. No, I wasn't at that meeting. There's been, you know, there's certainly anyway from um, the commentary from the Assistant Garda Commissioner, Angela Willis, and I see Drew Harris, the Garda Commissioner, in an interview in the Irish Times today. You know, absolutely, they both very much, you know, acknowledge that there have been um, a number of incidents. But they say, actually, when you look at the stats, um, there's less assaults reported to the Garda this year by comparison to last year. And they're both referencing the perception of Dublin mm. not being a safe place. Well, I don't accept that. Uh, like our experience of trading in the area and certainly the fact that a group of businesses and resident organisations have come together to work collectively on this issue tells me uh, that the issue is, is very serious and, and needs to be urgently addressed. And, you know, statistics need to be interrogated and can be interpreted in a variety of different ways. Like the Irish Tourism Assistance Service, they've reported an 8.5% increase in the number of tourists seeking assistance uh, between 2019 and 2023. So that's another stat. But stats give us very cold comfort when our experience on the ground um, is that there is a serious issue that needs to be addressed. 
And, you know, I wouldn't say in general that Dublin is unsafe at all times and in all areas. But there have been times, Andrea, and too many times mm. when my staff, my customers, people working in the area, people living in the area, tourists, Dubliners who want to come into the city to shop, to socialise and to visit uh, have experienced violence and have felt unsafe. Well, do you recall a situation, Stephen, the last time you got in touch about a staff member that was held at Knife Point? Is that the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that is correct. Like my own shop was robbed at Knife Point um, within our first couple of months of trading and staff were locked in the toilets. Um, you know, and again, in that particular instance, um, there was a very swift and a very strong response from the guards and that individual was apprehended in less than 10 minutes. But again, a- an incident and mm. an issue like that is just so shocking and it's it, it's very difficult to bounce back and recover from that. And that's something that has a lasting impact on the individuals okay. who are involved in, a, in, a, in an assault of that nature. Uh, Dylan is with us too, Stephen. Dylan Bradshaw, who is the uh, owner of the Dylan Bradshaw Salon as well on, on South William Street. Dylan, you were at the meeting yesterday. So is it yeah. is it all a perception that it's not safe in Dublin rather than there's hard stats um, to back it up? I think I think the problem is we have to be really careful as, as a business owner as well. I mean, I, we definitely see uh, crime is going up, but it's, drug use is a massive, massive problem. I mean, I just said, as I was saying to the guards yesterday, we have somehow normalised, you know, two people sitting down and smoking a crack pipe at nine o'clock in the morning on the side of the street has become the norm. And I'm not saying it's on every corner, but I definitely will see some sort of element of it. And I can walk in every every space. We do have railings in front of the space where there's a basement that you can hop over and we we have had you know to have to clear it out with uh you know foil and all the stuff where guys are, are using it we've had obviously people you know destroying the, the front the salon front with human feces and stuff like that over over time so there is it isn't good okay uh, i'm not and is to that say worse that still is that worse by comparison to previous years i'm trying to get a sense of is it actually a, a, worse a hundred a hundred percent now look the guards as i said to them their their stats are down but that doesn't mean necessarily that it's down i know and we that can mean that less people are reporting instantly yeah. because that's become normalized as well in itself you know so we have to look at where the information uh, is coming in for what i would say is right there has to be an element of a no drug policy. Like people smoke, uh, you know, herbal stuff around the streets. I don't give, I don't really don't care about that sort. Of but when we're doing hard drugs and it's become normalised, and you know, par- people are in with their families or their kids, or we've got tourists, we've got people coming and going through work. That's not good enough. And I had it, I had it a problem last year where I had two guys outside on my uh, outside the front of my salon smoking a crack pipe, and I had a press launch with twenty journalists coming in twenty minutes later. Now, I rang the guards and unfortunately didn't come. It wasn't. And when I, sp- I, I, I literally stopped a guard or patrol car later on that day and I said to them, what's the story? And they said, look, please contact your TDs. We're overrun. They only have three response units on South Central Dublin. I don't blame anything to do with the guards. They work their socks off. And to be honest with you, they get a lot more abuse now than they've had ever mm. in their careers. What I have an issue with is that we are too busy you know, uh, our, our, our TDs, you know, the people that should be making decisions and supporting small businesses. And as I said, we are a community like everybody else. If it was a, if somebody had a, an estate of houses and it was the same, we'd all stand up. And it, most of the majority of the business that we talk about are small, independent businesses like myself. I'm involved 23 years. I'm on this street that long. And it has changed. I don't need to te- ask anyone's permission or any guard to tell me it hasn't. 
we see the difference. We're proactive. Yes, we get people that are tried. I had one of my staff mugged outside the salon uh, at 10 o'clock in the evening as she was locking up uh, about a month ago, six weeks ago. Again, somebody that was out of their minds were just trying to, trying to rob her and she got away. But again, it's not good enough. And there isn't enough presence on the street, full stop. It doesn't matter what you say. You cannot, you never, and there has to be almost kind of like a neighbourhood guard of presence where you have relationships with the guards that come through the area where they know the business owners and they have responses and they have relationships with them. And that's kind of what we should be doing, going back to basics and building from that. When I opened up 23 years ago, that's what, we knew the guards that came around. We had relationships, you know, with the sergeant that would call in every now and then just to make mm. sure everything is OK. And you see, they'll to point to resources and people not living in the city centre and that kind of idea, the local community guard, that maybe that's why that doesn't exist anymore. But did you take comfort, Dylan, after yesterday's meeting that there will now be some change? No, I took. I didn't take any comfort. So I'm a realist at the end of the day. I'm going to see when we see more presence and we see reduction in people's confidence uh, as in business owners. Look, let's call it, I come to work every day and so do my staff. They have very little hassle. But at the same time, though, we have to prevent, uh, you know, especially the drug taking and the stuff that's going on openly on the streets. Reduce that makes a big difference in confidence. The thing what most people do is in the evenings in the city centre, people get out of the city a lot earlier when you speak to people. They don't want to hang around too, too late because they're just afraid of certain things. Mm. So I just think for me as a business owner, I want to see that it's a great area. It's the same as your, your, your other guests from down Temple Bar direction. We want to do well and protect our city and to protect the people that are in the city, mm. but also protect the image. Uh, from but you see, the, the image is very important and, and, and I actually think um, I'm surprised there wasn't more discussion really about it today, like the, the comments from the Angela Willis, the Assistant Guard, the Commissioner and Drew Harris and his interview uh, in the Irish Times today. Like, It's very easy to point to stats and they're right actually. When you look at the figures and the CSO figures, the, uh, up to the end of last month there was 2,300 and 50 odd assaults in public places, which was a reduction on 2,420 odd crimes reported in the first seven months of last year. Not everybody reports their crimes. And reading between the lines in the commentary today, you know, like, they seem to indicate that people people feel unsafe in the streets of Dublin rather than the streets actually not being safe. But those two things go hand in hand, in my view. Like, if people don't feel safe, that's the problem, that's the image. But it seemed to be just talking about it's, it's a perception rather than an actual reality. And maybe it's just that aside from people not reporting it, but are we speaking about it more? Are we talking about it more? Is there more media coverage? Is that where maybe th- this perception has come from? Is it the fact that it was a number of tourists that have been attacked in recent weeks? And the, the imagery of that and that imagery abroad? 1800-453-106 is the number. I'd want to get people's experience today. Um, Jerry is on the line. Jerry, is it that it's just a perception in your view of Dublin not being safe or do you feel unsafe? I wouldn't go near the city at night, Andrea. I have three daughters who do because invariably they will at that age and uh, they come back and they tell me about uh, situations they've seen on the dart and on the loose and, and so on. But it's, uh, I suppose one uh, point I'd make is it's pretty depressing to hear the police commissioners are saying it's reassuring that statistics aren't too bad by European or international standards. That's not very much um, reassurance to the people who are dead or who are brain injured. So I think it should be shame from doctor coming out with statistics like that. Uh, it's shocking. Shame on 
And will more guards in the streets, that'll... Yeah, that's... Bring uh, more an reassurance. An essential feature. I mean, if you walk down the main streets in Chicago or New York, you'll see cops in every corner. And downtown New York is one uh, Manhattan is one of the safest cities in the world now. They cleaned it up about 30 years ago with a kind of a zero-tolerance um, approach. Chicago, likewise, it was there a few years ago. There was police on every street corner. Now, if you go into South Chicago, which apparently is like a no-zone, you know, you'll be injured a lot quicker and killed a lot quicker than you will in Temple Bar. But that's not the point, you know. That's not the point. Mm. Any, any tourist who comes here and ends up, goes back in a wheelchair and brain injured is a disgrace. Those things shouldn't happen. Yeah, I see a text in from Joe in Limerick who says Dublin uh, Dublin being unsafe is only a perception based on the gar the crime data. What a load of skewed rubbish! Just because arrests d- um, aren't made doesn't mean the city centre is safe. If there are no gar in the beach, how do they expect arrests to be made? Uh, if a tree falls to the ground in the forest, but there is no one there to hear it, it doesn't make a sound. Similar logic from the assistant commissioner. The stats at their best, according to Joe. This texter says Dublin has been unsafe for a very long time. It's only since a number of tourists have been attacked that the people are actually been made aware of just how unsafe it is. The commissioner is more than likely correct. It's just never been reported up until now. Bernie is on the line. Bernie, do you feel safe in Dublin? I don't. Um, I'm from Dublin 7 originally and I've moved to the country. Um, and I w- I'm lately, I won't go near Dublin. I, am ter- I wouldn't even go... Stop the bus there. I hate to get off it. And why? Just you feel unsafe? The bus and train lately. My parents were both in hospital over, you know, in Dublin and I had to go up. And initially um, I got off the CityLink bus and up at Bachelor's Walk there. And I could not believe the fear I felt as soon as I got off the bus. It was everywhere. I, I hadn't seen such open usage of drugs and people coming up looking for money off you and pushing and jolting never happened in my life up there and I really think it's got out of hand and I don't think it's it's safe for anybody up there at the moment So the idea that it's, you know, because when you look at the stats and it's hard to argue with the the cold figures, you know, in the columns but like, the stats say crime is down People who are living up there and trying to, to to go through the city and work in the city and, you know, shop in the city or live in the you know, use the hotels, I, w- I wouldn't touch it. And I'm a proud Dublin person, but I, I wouldn't go near it. Are you sad about that? I'm really upset about it. I'm really hurt about it. And I think it's terrible, to, you know, to see the government just, you know, going, oh, here's the stats. It's not seeing Helen McEntee walking down the street with two guards, seeing, you know, Drew Harris telling us this is not real. And knowing that the guards are driven, they're at the end of their low rope at this stage. I feel really sorry for them and mm. admire them for even trying to stick it out. Yeah, well, and if you if you saw more, you know, more, if there was a greater presence on the streets, does that... I don't think there's anyone left to have a... I mean, I, as a grandparent myself, I'd happily go up as a group of thousands of grannies and go, enough is enough, give us back our city, make it safe. Or bring the army back from the Lebanon for a few weeks and stand shoulder to shoulder with the guards. They were, you know, protect our, our our population in all our major cities. See, so, yeah. I know I sound like a you know a, a fatalist or whatever that word is. I, I just feel that the, if we don't nip this now, it's gone to the to the end of the barrel. We can't go any further. We have to fix it. We have to come back up there. We have to make ourselves proud again of our city. People who have gone before us have made such a proud uh, city for us all to live in. Mm. And we were proud of it. 
I'm not proud of what it is now. Just seems, you know, and I, I don't. I mean, I don't know the answer to this. Is it just that we, you know, we're all talking about it so much more? I don't know. We're I, highlighting the Merchants Key Pro Cathedral. You know, I was able to get the bus in, and I, I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to mass anywhere in the city now. Because open drug dealing and yes, and you know, you know, terrible smell of urine and feces and vomit and. You know, needles, bits of needles hanging around when, you know, mm. and just the dirt and the sheer dirt of it. Yeah, you see, it's fine when, you, when you're just focusing on the, you know, the CSO stats say, you know, X, Y, Z, numbers are down. You know, yes, we acknowledge there's an issue and we're going to address it and deal with it and we'll put more money and resources. But at the end of the day, does that really matter when you're here, Bernie, and there's another caller and there's more callers I can see getting in touch if if you and others don't feel safe. Yeah, like, I mean, Andrea, the drug problem, I feel, if you want to have a treatment centre, is the old hospitals that are lying, maybe I'd like Temple Street or, not Temple Street, sorry, but, you know, Harkin Street or, you know, some of those areas that were once hospitals, could they not be used as treatment centres? Yeah, you know, so it's Patty a policy Jones. issue. But, I mean, get over the policies. You can change policies. You know, get the drugs off the street, get them to areas like old hospitals where there is areas in the hospitals that were once hospitals. Re- reinvent them as treatment centres. Okay. J- James, do you know what? I'm going to take a, sh- a very short break because there's quite a few other people who want to get in touch here and share their stories about the um, the perception of crime in Dublin. 1800 453 106 is the number. Stay with us. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. Street violence isn't increasing and Dublin is safer than other cities. This is according to the Garda Commissioner Drew Harris. James is a taxi driver in Dublin. James, what have you witnessed? Uh, afternoon, Andrea. Um, look, you know, first of all, with the commissioner with his statistics, um, you know, he's naturally going to say that, you know, at the end of the day, the book stops with him. And he's hardly going to turn around and say, oh, I've lost control. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a couple of examples I will give you. Uh, this weekend now we have the big American football game. And yeah. the city at the moment is saturated with Gardy. Absolutely saturated with Gardy. And as I drive around, I will recognize the drug dealers everywhere. You see them every single day. They're not there today. Why are they not there today? Because the Gardy are there today. What the Gardy need to do is they need to hassle the small dealers. The guys that are selling 20 and 30 and 40 euros worth of heroin, cocaine, whatever it is, just keep taking it off them and just keep doing that constantly. And eventually these guys will say, you know what, I'm not going to sell in the city centre anymore. You'll just keep pushing them out. And as you push them out then further out of the city, you keep doing the same. They, but like is that not just pushing them out to another area? That's not really well, resolving no, the issue, is it? No, we see, yeah, as, as one of your previous callers mentioned, what they did in the 90s in New York was the whole zero tolerance. They, what they did was when they arrested somebody, they booked everybody, even for the smallest thing, jaywalking. They took you in, took your fingerprints and released you straight away. If two or three years later you did something seriously uh, bad, they had your details on file from when they picked you up for jaywalking. Bang, you were in prison for murder mm. if you did something like that. That's what we need to do. It's just gone softly, softly approach. If someone is dealing drugs, they should be lifted, no matter how small the amount is even taken down process, and even they're, they're left back out again. Keep doing it, and eventually they will just absolutely get sick of it. And that seems to be the root cause of a lot of the issues in the city, is, as again, as the, the chap from Temple Bar said, 
the open drug dealing in the city is rampant. It is absolutely That's the issue rampant. people have. Some majority funny James of Dexter's today, everybody's talking about the open drug dealing. It's just, it's rampant. And like, the guards know this is going on, but the situation then is, if the guards do arrest somebody, and I, I have a lot of sympathy for the guardy, mm. but on the other on the flip side to this as well, you had the guardy there recently turn around and saying that they've no, no faith in their commissioner. Now, I don't know whether they've gone ahead with that vote. I would love to know then, and I'd love somebody if the GRA was to come on and tell, if they were to have that vote and turn around and say, we don't have confidence in our commissioner. The public don't have confidence in the commissioner. What happens then? Nothing. Does the commissioner have to go? Or no. does, you know, like I don't, t- I, I, my understanding is that the Taoiseach cannot fire the Garda commissioner without approval of the doll. That's my understanding. I think we'd something something happened a few years ago where okay. a certain Garda commissioner was yeah, asked to go. I, th- I think, and I don't even, I don't even know if it's come to that, but like, I suppose there seems to be a huge disparity in where management, I, I mean, I don't know, I have absolutely no inside track on this whatsoever other than talking to people that I know that are in the guards that are, you know, boots on the street and like, they will say to me that like, it's, it's a huge disparity in the management speak and that's kind of the sense I get of, you know, reading the papers and reading in between the lines and some of the commentary and in the interviews today versus what's actually happening. Um, sure, even didn't Helen McEntee, the Justice Minister, was out two days ago talking about the more armed guards that were going to be in the street. I thought, this is great news, brilliant, this is what's needed. And sure then, the whole thing was watered down when she was talking on breakfast the next day, didn't she talk about it? It doesn't mean actually armed guardy standing on every street corner in Dublin. But actually, I would think, I reckon, and what do I know, but I reckon that's actually what people want. People want that. We're certainly at the public order unit at a, at a minimum. Um, Hillary is with us too. Hillary, what's your thoughts? Right, well, um, I'm Dublin born and, and raised. And um, the I do not feel safe as a woman in Dublin City. And that's uh, after my father died, I moved to County Cavan. Uh, one of the reasons, the main reason being that Dublin is totally decadent. This has become a very, very decadent city and the suburbs. Are, are, are under attack as well. And um, I don't agree with the uh, proposal by the Minister for Justice, Mrs. McEntee, uh, to employ um, distraction techniques um, with uh, very young offenders, etc. You know, it's all very well uh, keeping them busy or saying, well, rather than attack this lovely American tourist, would you not like to play with this new toy we're offering you? Huh? Hold on a minute. That means that they're not, they're being distracted, but they're not learning self-control. Their conscience isn't being developed. So it's not going to have a deep impact on society. Okay. Uh, but right? you don't you don't feel, you don't feel safe though, Hillary, in in, in when you come into uh, Dublin. Listen, one, um, I c- can give you numerous incidents, and even on the way into Dublin, you don't feel safe. One evening, coming home uh, to to Rohini, where I spent the last three years of my father's life with him, um, it was the dark. It was eight o'clock in the evening. I'd been into Grand Thomas uh, buying. Um, some things at the beauty counter with um, Christmas vouchers. And uh, so I had two little Brown Thomas bags. And at about the Clontarf Dart station, this uh, man started um, trying to chat me up. And um, 
at that point I was you know, just 60 years of age at that point and I had my two little brown Thomas striped bags mm. and uh, he was being very he thought uh, suave and sophisticated but he wasn't quite pulling it off with me and um, trying to invite himself um, home to dinner with me etc this was sort of chat right? right so when it came to time to get off at Rohini Park station I manoeuvred to get get away from and get off another door and out quickly and uh, when I'd got out of the station and was heading for the centre of Rohini, uh, I decided that I, I wouldn't go down a shortcut in case he was there. Mm. And the next thing, he was there at my left elbow. He cornered me at the, 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 the main junction in the centre of Rohini, and I was stuck at a pedestrian crossing, and there was heavy traffic. I couldn't get across quickly. And um, he um, um, threw his arms around me, pinned me, and um, he was taller than me, so I just thought, right, immediate action. So I, I, I just slammed my, my my the heel of my high heel in, into his foot. So that okay. Shocked and you me. got away. That one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's and very, it's very, to... it's very frightening. That though. That I mean, it's you know, I I can't imagine. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure it was absolutely no. And I can understand why, Hillary, you you wouldn't feel safe. Orla, what about you? What do you feel safe in Dublin? Hi, Andrea. Um, yeah, I got in touch because I've done, I've been involved, or I suppose I've come across a number of uh, studies that actually talk about people's perception of safety and the impact that it has on how they actually behave. So from my own experience, like I used to live in Dublin and I do quite frequently travel up to Dublin. I was there just last week. And to be honest, at 10.30 in the evening, I didn't feel particularly safe walking back to the hotel, which is pretty central, on my own. And it was Oy. a short enough journey that I couldn't get a taxi, um, but I kind of had to go. And it's the poor lighting, um, and it's the dark streets and the low kind of dark um, bridges over the streets and things like this that just don't give you much of a feeling um, of security. And I think what's interesting is that People might say it's just a perception, but they discount perception as if it isn't important because I think that if you don't feel safe, you're going to behave in ways that allow you to feel more comfortable. Or so avoid the area. The center, just avoid the area like exactly, a lot of the other callers are doing. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to not go to the city centre if you don't feel safe. And in extreme examples, you might not even really leave the house at all mm. so once people start to avoid the city center completely like what do you think will happen to it like the crime that already exists that makes people feel unsafe is only going to increase or be exacerbated and that goes against i suppose the revitalization of the center yeah. of job and city uh, and the idea that people might even move and live there well I, it's richard hanlon actually richard's the owner of um, the busy feed cafe in south william street like richard i'm sure that's your concern um, well, yeah, I mean, like, we, to, to look at the city, we all would agree from the guards, Dublin City Council and everything and interested parties that the city has lost somewhat of its control. But with these new policies coming in place, we'll see where this goes into next year. So it's very, it's very early to be judgmental of it. But we have to welcome that, like, you know, there is now they're stepping on the gas when it comes to trying to fix the city. And this has been like a slow decline. COVID was a huge problem, and we've been in decline since. I pointed this out before Paddy's laid on the felt the cities would come and say it was going to be issues, and it's mm. gone full-blown since then, and I was away for a month, and it's just taken off. So with the gut feeling, this was coming. Um, it's a slow 
reaction time for the guards and Dublin City Council to pick up. But, I mean, that comes back to central funding. If the guards and the judiciary system and all these things are not in place, mm. uh, it's a huge, there's a big, long tail to this. And uh, now we're starting to address it. But, yeah, gonna, I'm, I mean, I don't think $10 is going to go a long way. I don't think these extra shifts, we'll see. It's hard to judge that. I don't even, like, I don't know how this means for the whole county dump, how many extra guards per day are actually going to be in the city centre. Okay. That's like, you know, the, when you start looking at the stats that are quoted, I differ with that. 2019 to 2023, we know a completely different footfall number. Yeah, totally. We know office occupancy is down. You, you know, one of your, mm. one of the listeners there said earlier that there's an 8% increase on, on crime reported for tourism. So, like these are, I and mean, it's all really playing badly um, through through the media for Dublin City. And as a stakeholder in the city, we have to be positive. Yeah, the positivity is that something's going to happen okay. now. It is a great city. It's a great city for tourists. We have loads of tourists around. It's unfortunate these incidents, which can blow stuff out. We we are aware there's drug dealing on the streets, and it has to be tackled. But that goes from the judiciary all the way okay. to funding, okay. all the way to CCC. What, what, what about you, Gary? You got in touch. Um, do you feel safe? Andrea, unfortunately, I, I, I know for a fact the streets of Dublin are no longer safe. Um, it's not that it's a perception that they're not safe. They are not safe. Um, I'm born and raised in Dublin, living here all my life. I'm in, a, I'm in a job at the moment that I'm working the last 28 years in, and it requires me out and about on the streets of Dublin. And I can tell you here now, I've seen a, a major... Uh, decline in, in in safety. What have you What have you witnessed, Gary? Well, to give you the, the most recent example was last uh, Wednesday or Thursday morning at ten thirty on Aston's Quay, which we've already heard about. Um, sitting at a bus stop on Aston's Quay, the very first bus stop at the junction with O'Connell Bridge, there were four or five individuals sitting at in inside in the bus stop. Uh, one trying to shield the other with, with a coat over their heads, smoking what I believe may be in crack cocaine from a little pipe. And unfortunately, this is a bus stop where a bus comes in from Bray and drops people off there as it goes up to use the station. And unfortunately, it's the bus where it's the bus stop where people come in from the airport and are dropped off by a private coach there on its way to use the station. And as I was at that bus stop and I witnessed this, the bus came in, dropped somebody off there from the airport. And that's the first thing that these people coming to this country see is guys sitting at ten thirty in the morning in a bus stop smoking crack cocaine. I just hope that this the guy you were interviewing there a little while ago who said he's now part of a, of a group um, hoping to take action from Tampa Bar mm-hmm. and Aston's Key. I really hope that will work because I genuinely fear for the streets of Dublin. As I said, I, I work on them often late at night. Uh, I work with a, a public transport provider and I'm often on the streets late at night and I see gangs of individuals, you know, from probably from, from 16 maybe to 20, 30 years of age and they're roaming up and down Aston's Key in the wee hours of the morning and they're travelling in, and they're in groups and they're just wandering up and down and they're taking drugs and they're dealing drugs between them and God forbid somebody bumps off them or grazes off them walking by because they're like animals, they're like a pack of hyenas jumping on these people. And I'm a, the biggest fan of the Gardaí but unfortunately we just don't see enough guards around the city centre. I, I know they're stretched and I know they're understaffed and they're undermanned and all the rest and unfortunately mm. these individuals I think are also well aware of this because you just don't Unfortunately, there's been enough guards around. And I don't blame the guards, but 
that's just the way we are at the moment and I really fear for this city I think I think it, it, it's gone downhill rapidly and I think we're genuinely fear we're losing control of the city I really do and it's got worse in your opinion Gary 100% yeah. 100% I'm 28 years working for the company I'm working with um, I, I, I walk on the streets of Dublin all the time and I, and I see here on a regular basis I've seen so much crime. I've seen tourists were getting mobile phones snatched out of their hands as they're walking down O'Connor Bridge. I've, I've seen other people getting, you know, people trying to dip their handbags and, you know, you, you let a shower or somebody watch your bag there, misses, and all of a sudden then they're, they're, they're just, you know, their friends are, are not far away. These guys come, come surrounding you here. Just, I genuinely feel the streets are out of control. I think it's going to take something drastic like, like, like Mayor Rudolph Giuliani done 30 odd years ago over in New York when they had a complete zero tolerance policy on all crime and people were just lifted off the street. Now, I know you're going to have people now probably calling in saying that's the civil liberties and all this type of thing. But, but sure, people went to... absolutely mad last summer, wasn't it? Last summer or the previous summer when the public order unit and the photographs went up and down Grafton Street of the public order unit during COVID. People oh, didn't yeah. want it at all. Gave out, uh, didn't want uh, it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I think I, I see the public order unit guys going in the vans, and I know they're, they're kind of a last resort. They're the ones who come in, got a bit when well, I don't know there. what else is the, the last resort. I know, I, yeah. know, I really, I genuinely fear for it because yeah. I, I often walk late at night on the streets, and, and I, I, you know, try to make sure of a few colleagues around me at the time because it's just, it really is, I think it's getting out of control. Mm. You know, I think well, there's no fear, fear, fear for any repercussions no, anymore. You know, no, it's hard, hard to disagree with you, Gary. And thank you for getting in touch with us today and sharing your views with us. There's loads more we could spend another two hours talking to people about their experience in Dublin. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday on News Talk.